All right, here we go. Here we go. Hope you had a good weekend, good Lord's Day, good everything. Some of you guys really hate the Owen Strawn content, and for that, I'm sorry, because we're doing our Owen Strawn Part 4 today. But I do have two videos in the hopper that are already recorded and pretty much done. I'm not quite happy with them, so we'll, you know, we'll see. I might, uh, I might release them later today, might do some editing, maybe take some things out, add some things, things like that. So if you hate the Owen Strawn content, just sit tight. Something else is coming. If you like the Owen Strawn con content, congratulations. Here we go. We're going to do part four. I don't remember exactly where we were, but I'm sure it will be easy enough to follow the context. Let's go. Here. But, but Bob being a better neighbor in his community... It'll lead to gospel opportunities, but Bob being a better, a member of the home, homeowners co-op is not the gospel itself. It's not the Great Commission. Okay. Let me, let me try to, let me try to bring... Owen is reminding us that uh, being part of the uh, homeowners co-op is not the gospel. It's two things, because I know we're, we're, we're still needing to get to the, the baptizing uh, nations, but just to bridge two things that, that came up right there. So, so number one... I appreciate the clarification with like not a prohibition, not saying that Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. We're still having a little bit of just saying things a little different, looking at things a little different, but I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. So th Very this is my question. Side. My question is toward toward nations repenting, because I think that that that's a huge part of this this puzzle. Um, you look to and I know this is obviously an Old Testament example, but one of the compelling uh you know, kind of sagas of a nation repenting or, you know, a nation broadly termed uh, is Nineveh, right? So you've got, um, you know, God's prophet Jonah, he's called to Nineveh and you have a people, you know, like, like you pointed out, this isn't a neat and tidy arrangement, but it, yet at the same time, you can look and say, okay, there's this people, they're called Nineveh. It's, it's, you know, over, it, it's the capital of the empire as such. Um, and God says that I'm going to judge them for their sins. And, and we could walk through all those sins, but many of those sins being institutionalized, sin right like they they're uh they're persecuting people they're um, denying the god of the universe and worshiping idols they're doing things that are you know very broadly recognized and god says i'm going to judge them and you're going to proclaim to them corporate judgment jonah goes instead nineveh repents and i appreciate the individualism of that repentance right it says from the top down even mentions the cattle you know in that little phrase that everybody always trips over but at the same time you have a people who god says i will judge you and then you have that people repent and God, um, you know, being careful with my language here, God relents, you know, in the language of scripture, not in that he changes his mind, but he does not bring judgment because of his good and perfect plan. My, my question is, Owen, um, with all that kind of like rambling setup, but if nations can be judged, because you brought up Psalm 2, you're pointing to kind of an eschatological fulfillment. Um, again, we're probably seeing that Psalm a little differently, but I, I hear I hear what you're saying. Nations right now, my question, this is kind of like my rambling question. Can a nation right now be judged for its sin? And if so, can those nations repent as such? And I, I bring that up because I know there's been a lot of discussion with First Peter 2 and uh, the church being a Christian nation and a holy people. Yes and amen. But most Christians, I suspect, would have little problem with me saying our nation, for example, um, because usually we're a little bit better about thinking about our own nation. Our nation will face God's judgment if dot, dot, dot. And usually we're looking to the sins of our culture and the sins of our nation. Um, it seems that if that nation can be judged, that nation can in some form or fashion repent. Um, how, how would you walk through that? That's a good question. You know what I mean? And, and it was a little rambling because I think he's trying to offer as much nuance as he can so that Owen will actually answer the question and he won't feel 
uh, upset about it or attacked. So good on you, Dr. Howard, uh, for the way you asked it. Basically, it boils down to this. Look, you're saying judge, uh, nations can't be discipled, they can't repent, but we see in Scripture that they can be judged, right? And so we understand that there's not this nation out here this, that's disconnected from the people called Sweden, and Sweden is going to be sitting at the judgment uh, on its own, you know, separate from the people, because it's just this weird entity here that can't really dis- uh, be discipled, that can't really be baptized, that can't really be, you know, but, but it can somehow be judged? Is that what you're saying? Like, isn't it true, Dr. Strawn, that we're talking about things in a slightly different way that we can understand that when we say the nation's baptized, we're actually talking about, uh, you know, the people in, in the nation and, 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 and the overall, you know, way the nation operates you know it's 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 the nation's being discipled in the sense that not that sweden's sitting in the classroom but that the people of sweden have been discipled and that they're organizing their nation in a certain kind of way isn't that true dr Strawn? and we'll see what he says that's a very good question and i appreciate the reference for jonah i do think the old covenant is different because you have direct dealing with nations i mean you have the the nation of israel that um that and that is where god's work is is focused and and directed from right um and you have surrounding nations and israel is literally called to to kill (laughs) warriors from other nations uh in order to to survive in order to take the promised land right so so the book of joshua factors in so there's a strongly national element to the old testament i I don't want to in any way downplay that or or be quiet about that or act like I'm, I'm embarrassed by that or that's a problem for my vision because frankly I, I hope it's not I don't think it is um God deals in in nations in the Old Testaments in the clearest of ways this is part of what is so important though about some of what you wrote about in in your your dissertation and your book there's punctuated fulfillment in Jesus and everything this is a this is going to so a lot to take on right now, and I won't be able to synthesize <laughs> quickly. <laughs> but very, but to to go quick boldly and where angels fear to tread. In Christ, all of that changes. In the new covenant, things are different. God is not dealing with an ethnic people um, as as His one nation. Uh, that's a common lie uh, that sadly is out there today and in Christian national circles to some degree. Not all CN folks believe that. Had, but, had to throw in the, uh, the, uh, the you know, they're, they're all racist. Not all of them, but there's a lot of them. Had to throw that in there. W- what Owen is saying here is saying that, you know, God doesn't deal with nations anymore. It's different now in the New Covenant. And so it would be inappropriate uh, to say that the United States is going to be judged for their rejection of Christ, for the fact that that, uh, that, that we exalt evil and wickedness, and we, we, you know, even by law, by our law, exalts evil and wickedness as if it was good. God won't come in judgment against that nation. That's not how it works anymore. In the Old Covenant, it used to work that way because we had the nation of Israel that was in covenant with God, and the nation of Nineveh, which he dealt with, but they weren't in covenant with God. Somehow it's different, though, now, because they're not in covenant with God, and the system's totally different. It's a totally different system, is what he's saying. Um, it, uh, honestly, uh, Owen, Owen's, Owen's beliefs here are, are a bit of a mess, and so 
Um, he's trying to be consistent. He's trying, you know, I, I give him credit for that. Um, but, but I don't think a system which says, you know, you know, God actually is not that concerned with the nations anymore. You know, he's only concerned with individuals. So he's not going to come and judge the nations anymore because that was the old system. We're now we're under the new covenant. Um, I, I just don't think that that's a system that's going to resonate with most people. Most people understand that absolutely God judges nations to this day and that uh, our nation is in trouble, if that's the case, and we, uh, we understand that. In fact, I think he's currently judging our nation with a lot of the things that are happening currently. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, he's trying to be consistent here. I don't think it resonates with most people. I don't think it makes sense according to the scriptures as well, because it's not like we see, um, you know, in, in the New Covenant, God saying, you know, now I don't care about the nations. Now I don't judge the nations. Now I don't do any of these things. Now I'm, 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 I'm concerned with the church and individuals um, only. And all that stuff that I used to do, I don't do it anymore. We don't get that uh, in the New Testament at all. And so um, you would think that if he's going to make a very kind of fundamental change with how he deals with, with people, because the thing is, again, nations are people groups. They're they're the way people organize. You know what I mean? That's something that was instituted by him himself. You would think that he was going to make a colossal change like that. That he'd be very clear about it. We don't get that in the New Testament. Let's let Owen continue. Um, it's a real problem. It's a real danger. As is anti-Semitism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he had to throw that in there. Oh yeah, it's a real you know, the, 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 the racists out there. It's a very, real problem. As is anti-Semitism. God isn't dealing, though, with one ethnic people as his people. And then, yes, people come into that. Gentiles come into that or something like that, as in the Old Testament. The church is the holy nation. That's not a throwaway word. That's an incredibly significant word. We're not, we're not waiting for a Christian nation to be built. We are a Christian nation, but the Christian nation has changed. It, it's, it's gone. It's been, it's been Christified. It's been gospelized. That doesn't mean we embrace political quietism. We go, we're the Christian nation, we're the holy nation, yay! Let's just huddle and wait until Jesus returns. That's not my view. But it is the case, on the other hand, that, that Peter doesn't call the church to take back Rome. He says, honor the emperor. Peter and the apostles don't do any of the theonomistic stuff that were said today, we need to be doing, and that is the work of the church today. I mean, Stephen Wolf and others, Andrew Torba, you're being careful, even in disagreeing with me, but you're being very careful and technical. There's a ton of cases out there today. There are numerous voices, to be more precise, who say, absolutely, um, we're, we're, we're making Christians, we're making nations Christian. And I'm here to say, uh, I, don't, I don't see Peter saying anything approaching that to his audience he's okay. saying suffer well the author of hebrews is saying peter you know advocating for better abortion laws in uh, in rome or or advocating for uh, for sex trafficking laws in rome or or i don't see peter uh, being against slavery in rome either i don't see any of those things and so i don't think owen that uh this is this is the work of the modern church. See, it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it's 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 he he deploys this kind of a tactic um, against an Andrew Torba or a Stephen Wolf, but he does not apply it to his own uh, viewpoints. He doesn't apply it to his own perspective. 
And so even though Peter didn't believe in free speech or believe in democracy, it's okay for Owen to promote that kind of stuff because, well, because that's just the consensus. That's the post-war consensus people uh, just automatically assume is the holy perspective. And so um, the th- the, one of the greatest things about Christian nationalism is, is getting people to review and to, and, to, and to kind of run some diagnostics on the things that they were taught in school, in elementary school, was were the things that were unassailable, the things that you should not question, the things that were just so obvious they did not even need to be debated. You know, what I, mean? I don't see, I don't see Peter advocating for women's suffrage. Yeah, I don't see that kind of stuff. But you assume it as the automatic Christian position. Christian nationalism, so much of it is going back. It's a retrieval and saying, you know, we were taught a whole lot of stuff in school. And I'm not so sure all of it was right. (laughs) I'm not so sure all of it was good and beneficial. So let's go back and see what the reformers used to think. Let's go back and see, could we apply this today? Is there actually more truth before I got indoctrinated in elementary school than I was told that there was? That's one of the best parts about Christian nationalism. It's, and it's not like everyone comes into Christian nationalism and leaves and, and agrees on everything. But sort of that, 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 that willingness to sort of examine all of the indoctrination that we all uh, went through in elementary school and beyond is a very, very good thing. And Owen is incapable of even conceiving of any other way and that is why he says these arguments that if they work on us which they don't then they definitely work on him too but he just doesn't see it he just doesn't see it he is incapable of escaping his indoctrination his political indoctrination in school he is not willing to face it and that's part of why he, he he kind of inserts these little insults here and there, because this is what he was taught to do in school. Yeah, you know, anti-Semitism is a real problem. Racism is a real problem. All these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all that stuff that this is how he was taught to deal with this. Um, and so it, it's just very interesting. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm being I'm being, you know, you know, just a little bit silly here to say, oh, I didn't see Paul teaching, you know, free speech, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it's again, if it, it, if it works on us, it works on you, Owen. Doesn't work on us, but uh, you know I'm not the one making those arguments. We have no lasting city here, Josh. I fear that folks are twisting the Great Commission or being led into it unsuspectingly, and thinking that we're building a city here that lasts. We're building Christian nations. God is building the Christian nation. The Christian nation, the one true one in First Peter two nine, is built by the gospel, and it's composed of. Strangely, all this is deeply ironic, just like the cross. It's kind of a theme. Super ironic. The cross looks like a defeat. The cross is a victory, right? The exiles scattered don't look like a nation, but they're the The cross would have been a defeat if there was no resurrection. And that's another thing. A lot of these guys, a lot of these guys, um, they... They have a theology that is all crucifixion and no resurrection. He really did come back from the dead, and then he really did ascend. You know, you need the ascension too. He sits. He stands. At, he sits at the right hand of the Father, and uh, and he's putting all of his enemies under his feet. And he does that the way he does that, and he does that uh, through his people. You know what I mean? So so it's like 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 again, 
You can't be all cru- the, the cross would have been a defeat if there was no resurrection or no ascension. But it wasn't a defeat because three days later he came back from the dead. And then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And then we can understand Psalm 110 and we can understand all these things and, and we can apply them in a, in a, in a way that's not uh, a, 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 a loss. It's a victory. It's a victory and it's, and, it's, and it's marching orders and we can move forward in every area of our lives, including the political. And so, it's, it, again, Owen would never deny the ascension or the resurrection. I'm not saying he denies it. But his theology of, 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 of all of this stuff, the way he interacts with culture, it, 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 pretend, it, like, it, it forgets about it almost. It forgets about it. It's like, yeah, it's ironic, but only because the ascension's real. And that ascension is meaningful, and he's the king of kings, and he's the lord of lords, and all that means stuff here and now. It's not just for heaven one day. It's now. It's very interesting. Very interesting stuff. Got to watch out for these guys that are all crucifixion and no resurrection and ascension. You need that part too. One true nation. Okay, so, so like just pushing back in on that point with the the nations being judged. I, and I feel for Doctor Howard here because there's the, whenever Owen speaks, there's like five, ten can of worms that he opens up that are just like, what are you talking about, man? And like Josh has to figure out which one to pursue because he can't pursue them all. Would, would you say that there is a, you know, allowing for the newness of what is has come in Christ's first coming, is, is there a sense in which nations right now, however you frame that and categorize nations, are judged or can they repent? And I'm thinking, Owen, oh, just toward like, oh, it's so right Howard there. The picked up on the fact that he really doesn't answer the question directly he kind of just says well the system's different now and and things like that and we got a new christian nation and you know it's like the nation of israel and there was a lot of holes in that and there was a lot of things he didn't cover and it was a very political answer in the sense that he didn't really answer the question so dr howard's gonna you know insist that's good for you inclusion of romans romans 16 um paul's talking about you know the gospel being proclaimed to the nations again gospel that like i I, i'm glad that dr howard's talking having this conversation this little debate uh, because this is the part that I struggle with. I struggle with, number one, when to get people to stop talking. <laughs> and I struggle with not getting distracted and figuring out what's the best thing to pursue. That's the hard part, man, because there's always like 100 things you could say. And you got to figure out which is the best thing to pursue, what makes the most sense. Uh, so good good on you, Dr. Howard. At the center, and yet he says it's for the obedience of faith and seems to be the exact same you know, reference to the nations. Um Without broaching into that, though, like, do you see nations right now uh, not only being under God's wrath or judgment, but also having the propensity to repent? I'm guessing no on the second, but I just, I'm just trying to get clarity on that on that issue. Yeah. I'm looking up what you said. I think the obedience of faith is, is what the gospel brings, but I think it's in disciples. Yeah. Um, well, I was looking at, hang on, it's Romans 16 uh 25 through 26 talking about the gospel and preaching of jesus christ according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but has now been disclosed through the prophetic writings been made known to all the nations so gospel proclaimed made known to all the nations according to the command of the eternal god to bring about the obedience of faith um it seems like that at least lends towards some obedience of faith proclaimed to the nations again however we suss that out but really, I'm, yeah, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep more in on on. Sorry, you can you can totally speak to that. I'm I'm not trying to throw anything at you. I'm just trying to think toward: Can a nation be judged? Can a nation repent of that judgment or that sin that leads to judgment? 
I think I think there is a sense of that in the Old Testament. And I and I said that and then didn't didn't I'm glad you circled back because I didn't really speak clearly to the New Testament. So sorry about that. I didn't I got on a jag there. <laughs> <What a shock. laughs> Uh, um, I don't really see that that grid obtaining in the New Testament. No, I think it's different. I think everything gets everything gets gospelized and changes, and so God is not dealing with His people in terms of nations. I think when we are talking about a text like that, the God it's been proclaimed to all nations. It's not meaning Nineveh was never God's people, right? N Nineveh was not Israel. Okay, so in the Old Testament, it really wasn't about whether they were God's people or not. He was dealing with Nineveh as a nation and holding them to a standard, even though he did not reveal his standard to them. He never took Nineveh up to the mountain and gave them the Ten Commandments. He didn't do that. And yet he still held them to that standard. What difference does it make that, that he doesn't have uh, the, uh, uh, his, he's not dealing with his people in a nation? That's not what Josh is asking. He's asking, does God deal with nations? Does he care about nations anymore? Does he, does he have uh, interactions and dealings with nations? Does he judge one nation and does he bless another? There's nothing in the New Testament that would make you think otherwise. But no one, Owen doesn't think so for some reason. Let's, let's keep hearing about um, Canada you know, needs to be under church discipline. Whereas Russia, oh, Russia just got saved and Russia's walking out the obedience of faith. I have not the faintest clue how that would be measured. How on Let me know what you think of the comments. Does no Owen know he's being obtuse here? Or is he just this obtuse? I have no, it's, it's not like Canada would be under church discipline and, 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 and like Russia just got saved. And like, is he this obtuse? And he doesn't understand what we're talking about here? Or does he know what he's doing? And this is just his like little way of being funny or, you know, making a silly point or what do you think? Because I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I think he just might not get it. Dr. Howard, I mean, Dr. Howard didn't ask if if God deals with Canada in the sense that the church should church discipline Canada. I think he's talking about blessings and curses. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. And we've got a long list and I don't know if it's an exhaustive list, but we've got a long list of the kinds of things that God does to nations that are obedient versus disobedient. And it's you know, there's economic problems, there's 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 climate problems, there's wars, there's there's things like that, and there's a whole list. Uh, it, on Earth is that? It, it's 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 hard. What on Earth is that? Russia just got saved. What does that even mean? Is he this obtuse? Let me know what you think. Is he this obtuse or and he doesn't get it or is he doing this on purpose to make some kind of a joke or a silly point? What do you think? I measured. Uh, well, let me hang on. Era. Let me let me clarify that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Owen, but just just to like clarify, because I, I would agree with you. Right. Like so if you're thinking like the spheres of authority, because I don't want to muddle my question. Yeah. So church here state here right so let's just yeah. say you've got a state actor let's just take our country um and for the sake of youtube i won't name it but let's just take our country and say okay our country is messing up and they're under judgment so okay. they wouldn't be under church discipline because that would be to confuse 
spheres of authority. Again, I think we would share that Kyperian kind of person. causing calamity for our country. And that could be, you know, we don't have peace. We have economic problems. We have climate problems. We have droughts. We have famines. We have things like that. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about, our, well, you know, the church comes in and says to America, who's up here, you know, some kind of entity, you can't take communion. God bless you, Josh, because you're walking Owen through this in a way that is very kind and very patient and very nice and I think perfectly tuned for Owen. Well done. Perspective on it. So church over here, a nation can't be put under church discipline. But could we say, for example, America, uh, I see there, there I went and said it on YouTube. Okay, like, let's just say, could you say America has sinned to, to the extent in whatever fashion that God's judging America? Or are you saying, no, the nations aren't really in that sort of paradigm? Well, see, the reason I say church discipline of nations is because if you're baptizing nations, then you're, you're in that grid. This is part of the awkwardness of the CN paradigm. Um, you're applying Great Commission categories that are intended for individuals and that are applied exclusively to individuals. And I mean exclusively in the Book of Acts. There's no country that gets that gets baptized. We do have Jonah in the Old Covenant, but I'm talking New Covenant. I'm talking Great Commission, punctuated fulfillment in Jesus. You you don't you don't have nations baptized, and so I don't think just as nations are not baptized, nations are not put under church discipline. So no, I don't think God is is approaching humanity um, post Christ uh, or, or with the coming of Christ in terms of nations. I, I I'm, I'm I've always found it even before this whole discussion sparked in you know, the last two years or whatever. I have always been extremely uncomfortable with applying uh, righteousness exalts a nation and and applying it directly to the country I'm in. For example, I, I'm not saying that's not true, but that's an old covenant teaching. Uh, and and God does not seem. I'm not saying it's not true. That's an old covenant teaching. So righteousness no longer exalts a nation. We're in the new covenant paradigm now. Righteousness. This is Owen Strawn's position. And uh, you know you can see I'm a little frustrated because maybe he's just this obtuse. I don't know what's worse. Is he just, he just doesn't get it, or is he making a joke? I think he just doesn't get it. Owen Strawn believes that righteousness no longer exalts a nation. That was back in the day. Now we're in the New Covenant. Righteousness doesn't exalt nations any longer. I mean, what, do you, what do you even say to that? <laughs> to dwell. God does not seem to engage. Excuse me. God does not seem to engage with, with nations in the new covenant the way he did in the old covenant i do absolutely think that when i look out at my my own country or our countries across the world there's all sorts of evil there's all sorts of terrible things but it doesn't matter though because we're really only concerned with individuals now so god's not going to come with calamity for nations that are doing all kinds of evil god's not going to deal with them in that way because that was the old covenant what do you think righteousness exalts a nation these days i mean what that's heresy. <laughs> you didn't say it was heresy, but uh, that's false teaching. Righteousness exalts a nation. Get real.
we very much want to be salt and light. So we're not talking. This is not political quietism talking, just to say that for the 10th time. Not that you're accusing me of that, but anyone out there who's confused. But I don't think that um, I don't think that, you know, we're taking Brazil out to coffee to disciple Brazil. We're making disciples from all nations, which is what the apostles do in the book of Acts. Okay. So, and maybe, and number one, I appreciate the clarification. I, I, I cannot wait to see how Dr. Howard here uh, responds to Dr. Strong because I, I just honestly, I don't know what to say to that. I don't. Because this is the thing, like I would want to say something helpful and, 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 and kind. I just wouldn't know what to say. <laughs> I just don't. Righteousness no longer exalts a nation. And this is not from a political quietism perspective. I'm, I'm not saying we should be quiet politically. But I don't want you to think that when I engage politically that righteousness exalts a nation anymore. I don't want you to think that. We, we're disagreeing there. But I but I appreciate where you're coming from and you clarifying your point. Maybe that's a good segue to go into like the Great Commission language itself, because because really, we, you know, we've been kind of tiptoeing around that. And that's really where a lot of this comes down to. Sure. Um, and I'm not a Greek scholar, so I'm sure I'm sure you could. Uh, we'll you could run there because he's going to get into uh, some more technical stuff. I like this. This is my favorite part of the video, by the way, coming up. Uh, but we're going to stop there. We've been at it for 30 minutes. Um, but I, again, I haven't talked to Dr. Howard about this. But I think that he just had the same reaction I had. And he had it in a very professional way. He just had no idea what to say to him. <laughs> he just brought up taking Brazil the coffee, church disciplining Russia or Canada. Uh, Russia's saved now. He brought all that stuff up again, like a child. And Dr. Howard tried a couple times to sort of you know, tease it out a little bit more, and we got the same thing. Bringing Brazil the coffee. And I said, I wouldn't know what to say. And Dr. Howard said, that's a good segue. <laughs> I gotta get Dr. Howard on uh, on the channel and talk to him a little bit. That, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to talk to Dr. Howard because uh, God bless him. This was, this was a great, great conversation. I'm so grateful that this happened, and I'm so grateful for Dr. Howard's perspective here and his personality, his attitude. Um, it, it is shocking. It, it is shocking when Owen starts to explain himself on this. What a mess. What a mess. You heard it here first. According to Owen Strawn, righteousness no longer exalts nations. You heard it here first. I hope you found this video helpful. God bless. Well